the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And wow, you know, it's just a wonderful day to be alive. A wonderful day to, you know, talk about this fantastic topic that we're going to talk about. And I, I'm, I'm just so thrilled. I got an absolutely fantastic guest uh, on today that's uh, going to share with us about a lot of the things that she and her organization is doing as the voices for our children, children or our future leaders of tomorrow. And we have to make sure that sometimes that they can't speak, we have to speak for them. We also have to teach them. We have to guide them. We have to mentor them. You know, we have to be that driving force. So I'm so excited to have this guest on today to uh, share her thoughts and, and some of the things that her great organization is doing uh, to help make sure that we prepare our next generation for the leadership role that they are going to have because they are future leaders of tomorrow. So uh, uh, you can, if you want to be part of this great conversation, you can always call in at one 888 or you can go through the, uh, the text messages and you can, I can chat with you via that. And I, I promise you, uh, if you ask uh, this young lady a question, I make sure that we pass that that to her so hey kevin how are you doing today my friend great james and you man i'm doing just fine man i'm in texas right now i'm not in california i kind of miss it i'll I'll be back there in about a week or so week and a half uh and uh man it's kind of raining here today (laughs) rain what's that i know man it doesn't happen in california they said never never rains in california man but uh so like i was saying man we got this absolutely fantastic guest uh, kevin and uh, i want to uh Tell our, our listeners and our, our, our viewers who are watching this that, first of all, you can watch it on LinkedIn live right now, Facebook live on, on both of my channels, um, YouTube channel live, and uh, you can listen to it uh, on the radio. And also, we're going to be on about 31 podcasts, so uh, you, there's no reason that you should miss this this show right here because you can always go back to it. You know, so the title of our show today is Voices for Children. And uh, the purpose of the show is getting to know the background of the president and CEO of Voices for Children, Kelly Capen Douglas. We're also going to discuss the mission of the organization for Voices for Children and who they serve. Uh, we're going to discuss the foster care uh, system and the challenges for our youth that is being served. Most we're going to talk about the court appointed, the CAS program, court appointed special advocate program. 
we're going to get really get an opportunity to know a little bit more about that and also discuss some of the upcoming uh events that this organization is having but let me tell you a little bit about the guests and i just was chatting with her right before and uh kelly a very interesting career an attorney been doing a whole lot of other things i mean i tell you this um well well documented well i mean she got she she got it all kelly joined voices for children as the president's ceo in october 2019. she's a native san diego kelly spent her earlier career working in san diego legal and nonprofit higher education community kelly served as the general counsel of the university of san diego from 2005 to 2019 where she oversaw all other universities legal affairs and was the chief legal advisor to the board of trustees before joining usd kelly was a partner at lucis forward hamilton and scripts llp now called denton where she represented organization facilities and proactively managed and uh resolved a lot of other wild uh, problems that they had in the organization so uh, but she also kelly received a law degree with honors from duke university one of my most favorite basketball teams <laughs> and uh a bachelor's degree uh from stanford university in international relationships just like i just mentioned kelly is currently serving on the board of directors of the national conflict resolution center and goodwill industry of san diego county while working at usd she served on the board in other leadership uh, roles with the National Association of College Universities Attorneys and the nation's largest bar uh, association for, for education. Without any further ado, let's bring Kelly on the show. How you doing, Kelly? How you doing? Hi, James. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the opportunity to join you today. Wow, this uh, has been an absolute pleasure. I've been looking forward to this opportunity uh, ever since uh, my wife uh, did the research and she got in touch with uh, your organization so we've been looking forward to uh to this for a long time you know so thank you we're grateful to be part of an organization that has such a special mission that does yeah. tend to grab people's hearts very quickly you all are doing so many things uh, in the san diego area and uh, so kelly what was it like first of all growing up in san diego because I, I i know you went away to go to school but what was it like growing up in san diego and and then moving to North Carolina to go to school. Mm-hmm. And I think you went to Stanford first. Tell us about that. So I'm very proud to be a third generation San Diegan. And I lived in San Diego actually till I was 11 years old. And then we moved to Miami, Florida. And so Miami is where I um, finished high school and where my family lived all through when I was done with my ultimately law school. And then one by one, my whole family has, has moved back to San Diego um, uh, about 25 years ago. So we're all back here now. But I feel grateful to kind of be coming home and also to have had the amazing experience to live in a community like Miami as well. Yeah, so, Kelly, who or what inspired you to become an attorney? <laughs> <laughs> the moment when I decided I wanted to go to law school was actually when I was working before, of course, before applying for law school at the United Way of Dade County in Miami, Florida. So I, before that time, I wasn't sure that I really wanted to go and practice law. But when I worked at the United Way, um, I worked with uh, a woman who had her law degree, but had chosen to commit her career to public service. 
And I was just so inspired by her. And I really liked the way she tackled issues and analyzed problems. And I thought, you know, maybe there's a place for me where um, I could go to law school, perhaps work at a firm for a few years, and then really dedicate myself to the nonprofit world. My path was a little bit different, but I am kind of on that same path ultimately. But it was really that experience working at the United Way um, and working for somebody who exposed me to the, the really impactful work that we can do as lawyers that inspired me to, to go to law school. You know, uh, Kelly, you're the president and CEO of Voices uh, for Children. And uh, I'm just so interested in finding out uh, how, how you got involved in the organization. Secondly, uh, I want to know exactly what the, what the audience that um, so as as you shared um, in the introduction, I joined Voices for Children just a little over two and a half years ago in October 2019, and for me this was a mid-career significant pivot, <laughs> and it's been wonderful. I practiced law for 26 years, and I had a wonderful career, but I reached a point where I was ready for the next challenge, and I was really ready to explore um, something completely different. Uh, where I could use the various skills that I had developed during my time as a lawyer and really apply them towards having significant impact on the community around us. And in short, when I learned about the Voices for Children opportunity, it immediately grabbed me. And it's because at Voices for Children, our work combines two things. Number one, serving our community's most vulnerable children abused and neglected children who are navigating their way through the foster care system, um, and uh, also providing a platform for so much good around us with people who want to make a difference in the life of children. And so what we do at Voices for Children is we support children in foster care by matching them with specially trained community volunteers known as court-appointed special advocates. And those the, our CASAs, um, advocate for children in foster care to ensure they have access to the resources they need through the system. So it was really this special mission that drew me to this work and uh, that really gave me the encouragement to make this mid-career change uh, at this point in my life. So uh, you mentioned uh, the special mission. So which uh, organization does that you all serve as as a whole uh, with the voices of children? So at Voices for Children, we are the organization that is designated by the superior courts in both San Diego and Riverside counties to recruit, train, and support specially trained volunteers known as CASAs, court-appointed special advocates. And so what we do is when a child has been removed from their home and the court has taken jurisdiction of their case and, and the child has entered foster care, we match one of our CASA volunteers with a child or a sibling set. And then the role of the CASA is to advocate for the child uh, for the duration of their time in the foster care system. We've been around for 40 years in San Diego County. We are one of the very first CASA programs in the nation. We are the largest CASA program in the Western United States, and we're one of the top large, one of one of the largest in the entire country in terms of the number of children we serve with advocacy. And then about six years ago, we were asked by the Judicial Council in California 
to begin running the CASA program in Riverside County. And our team in Riverside has done an exceptional job building that program as well. And between our two counties, we will provide advocacy this year to about 2,500 children. Wow. You know, we're going to take a station break, but uh, we're going to come back. We're going to pick up from there because I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one 888 It's your life. I'm James Cooley, and we'll be back shortly after the break. It's your life with James Cooley. Noah Dingley here, producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life from James Cooley. And I, I, I tell you, you know, Kelly was uh, talking about some of the things, uh, some of the organizations that uh, that they serve. And I just realized when she was talking about that, that it's more than just San Diego. It's Riverside County, which is those are two of the biggest counties around. And um, I do a lot of work in Riverside County. And I, I tell you, um, being a part of an organization and working with organizations that care, that reach out, that try to help lead and train and give our youth a chance uh, to grow up and be the best they can be is absolutely extraordinary. So, Kelly, uh, hey, thank you. I want to pick back up uh, from that. We had to take a station break, and you was explaining uh, a lot of things that the organization do and who you serve. Can you pick that up? Sure. Well, let me talk first just a little bit about uh, what the foster care system looks like in San Diego and Riverside counties. Because for many people in our community, 
they hear about children in foster care, but may not really know a lot about the system. So a, a child will enter foster care after um, there's been concerns about abuse and neglect, and the county has done an investigation and has concluded it is not safe for the child to live in their home. And so in San Diego County this year, there will be about 3,500 children who will spend time in foster care. In Riverside County, that number is closer to about 4,000 children who will spend time in foster care. So the children we serve are from birth through age 21, and they are from all across our, our county. And so when we look at the children we serve, we really believe that we are serving our community's children. So these are children who, due to no fault of their own, have been taken away from their home and put into a system that can be quite scary. It's filled with court hearings. It's filled with um, moving homes, moving, changing schools, a lot of loneliness, a lot of adults coming in and out of their life. And so that's really where Voices for Children steps in. Because what our kids really need is, number one, the consistency of an adult in their life who can get to know them, who can build a trusting relationship with them, um, and someone who can advocate for them. I mean, when we all look back on our own lives, um, for most of us, we had at least one, if not multiple people who were by our side, who knew our needs, and who were there to help us out and advocate for us. And for many kids in foster kid care, it is their CASA who serves that role for them. And so we're very grateful to support uh, about a thousand CASA volunteers this year in San Diego. We'll support about 350 additional CASA volunteers in Riverside County so that we can really give kids uh, help contribute to their stability um, while they're in the foster care system, ensure that they have access to the educational support, medical and health care and mental health uh, resources that they need, and just to know that there's somebody in their life who cares about them so that they know that they matter and that they are important and that they are capable of um, being loved and finding stability um, and hopefully independence um, as they grow older. Yeah, so how, how do uh, you all go about increasing public awareness about the false cases? It, it's a little of everything. <laughs> so our work touches every zip code in the two counties where we serve. And so it's very important for us to engage with communities across our re region. Um, and so we attend all sorts of community events, community collaboratives, we go to different community outreach events and we have booths. We do uh, multiple presentations to service groups, to employers, to faith communities, to military groups, and then to other special um, groups that also uh, focus on particular communities within our region, whether it's the supporting the LGBTQ community um, or communities of color. And so it's important for us to build relationships with all of those groups so that we can help get the word out um, about the work what, that we're doing and the need for volunteers. We also are so grateful for opportunities uh, with our media partners, uh, whether it's through print articles 
um, digital, TV, radio opportunities, because every time we have the chance to talk about our mission and the amazing, impactful work of our CASA volunteers on the children we serve, um, we hope that there's somebody out there who's a listener who might want to jump in, become a CASA, uh, maybe make a gift to Voices for Children, or otherwise find a way to become a part of the lives of our community's most vulnerable children. Wow, I can just feel the energy when you're talking about this topic. I just really uh, touching, and I love it. What are some of the significant challenges that uh, uh, for the youth being served? You know, this population of children um, has a lot of challenges and barriers uh, in front of them as they navigate their way through foster care. Now, keep in mind that the children we serve are between are from birth through age 21. So the needs of the children vary tremendously um, based on where they're at in, in, in that age range and what their um, other situation is. But one thing that's common, of course, to all of them is the impact of the trauma that they have endured, uh, first and foremost, from the abuse or neglect that they have ex- been have experienced from the people who are supposed to care for them, but also the trauma of being removed from their homes. And often it is for their safety, of course, but there is trauma that is attached to that removal as well. So once a child enters the foster care system, There are several challenges in particular, and just to name a couple, um, many of the children that we serve will move homes with some frequency, and so you can only imagine the disruption um, that occurs there. Um, Many of our kids also will change schools frequently. They do have rights, and thankfully, California has really beefed up its legislation to allow kids the opportunity to remain at their, their we call it the school of origin, um, so that they don't have to change their friend group, their classes and all, even though they may have moved to another foster home outside of that district. But that said, that itself creates some challenges because of transportation. Um, kids often in foster care are, are not only separated from their parents, but from siblings. And uh, child welfare agencies across the state are making a a concerted effort now to try to keep sibling groups together, but that's not always possible. And so when siblings are separated, that can compound the trauma they're experiencing because they don't have that that group there. What we've also seen through COVID is um, particular challenges in um, educational advancement and mental health issues. We've talked about that for children across our nation, regardless of whether they're in foster care or not, all kids have um, had issues with education loss and mental health um, concerns. But for kids in foster care, the challenges have been even greater. Um, And so our CASAs really step in to help fill in those gaps um, and make sure kids have access to mental health resources to ensure that in the school setting, Um, They have access to accommodations if they have special needs um, as a result of of disabilities often caused by the neglect and abuse they've experienced. So those are just a few examples of the many challenges that the children that we serve face. We have about a a minute and a half before the break, and I want to start this uh, because you mentioned CASA. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the CASA program and how do a person... uh, volunteer, go about joining. Absolutely. 
So our CASAs come from all walks of life. And uh, what we, the first step in becoming a CASA is to attend one of our information sessions. And so if you visit our website, www.speakupnow.org, you can find out information about our information sessions. We then have an application process and a background check process. And then individuals are invited to participate in our training program that we call Advocate University. It's 35 hours of training. At the conclusion of that training, our CASAs are actually sworn in as an officer of the court by a juvenile court judge. And then we match them with a child or a sibling group that has entered foster care. And that's when their advocacy journey begins. Wow. I tell you, we're going to pick that up. I'm going to take a station break, but I'm going to come back and talk about uh, a little bit more about CASA yeah, and get, out, get off into a lot more things. So if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one 888 I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen-to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Noah Dingley here, producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the Life. I'm James Cooley, and I'm thoroughly enjoying this discussion that uh, Kelly and I are having uh, because it's, it's a topic that's so dear to my heart is making sure that that we do all we can to uh, make sure that uh, our children, our youth, have voices and they are heard and they are taught. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was part of the foster system, but I came up similar uh, 
in many ways uh, in that environment. And I know if it wasn't someone out there looking out for me, I don't know how I would have turned out. So uh, it's always important to uh, take in consideration that our youth and young adults need help. They need help. And if you want to record this conversation and ask Kelly a question, that's one 888 Kelly, uh, prior to the break, we were talking about uh, the, the, the castle. Costco, I'm saying, but uh, and why do and I know you explaining this why do children need castles to lead them and guide them? And how do you go about making sure that you match the right kid up with the right castle? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, let me first address your question about why children in foster care need a casa. The foster care system is a very well-intentioned system, but it is overburdened. Um, and the children need the support and advocacy and individualized attention that ACASA provides. So there are many um, professionals who will be part of a child's journey through the foster care system, but they have big caseloads and can't always provide the attention to kids um, that they necessarily deserve. So judges, for example, will have caseloads of 500 or more children on their docket. Um, the lawyers who represent the, the children in the foster care system will often have caseloads of 100 children or more. Social workers will support 25 families or more. But a CASA is assigned to one child or one sibling group. And so they have the ability to spend that time to get to know the child and their individual needs. And one thing that's also special about the CASA is that they are the only person who's in the child's life who's not paid to be part of their life. Our CASAs are volunteers. And when children realize that, especially some of the older children, it really is a moment where it helps to build that trust between the, the child or the youth and their CASA because they know that their CASA is there to just make a difference. Um, and so that's one reason why children need CASAs is to help fill in the gaps in an overburdened system. But most importantly, the, the reason why CASAs are essential is because of the advocacy they provide to children. So our CASAs um, gather the information they need to advocate in a couple of different ways. First, they spend time with the child. They get to know them. They do fun things with them. They take them on outings. They go eat pancakes at IHOP. They go to SeaWorld. They go to the zoo. They go to the park. Um, and all of that is with a purpose, though. It's to create the trusting relationship that would allow the children to really share with the CASA what is going on there in their life and what their needs are. It also gives a little normalcy to these children. For many, it may be very normal to go, for, for many kids who are not in foster care, it may be very normal to do an outing to the zoo or to go out for you know fish tacos or whatever. But for kids in foster care, sometimes that can be very special and it provides some normalcy to them. Um, so the CASAs get to know their kids directly from the kids, but the CASAs, because they are appointed through an order of the court, have access to a host of confidential information about the children. So our CASAs will regularly speak and collaborate with teachers, with therapists, with doctors and other healthcare providers, with biological parents, 
with the caregivers, whether it's a foster family or a group home, with the attorneys on the case. Um, building all those relationships is really important because the CASA, through those relationships, not only learns more about what the needs are of the children, but helps to problem solve with those professionals and bring people together to help get resources to the children. Um, but the, our CASA's advocacy, first and foremost, takes place in the courtroom. So our CASA's will submit regular written reports to the juvenile court judges who are making decisions about the kids and their futures. Our CASA's will appear at hearings. And one um, thing that we value so much about our relationship with the Superior Court is the trust that our judges place in our CASA's because many of our judges know that if anyone knows the child well, it's the CASA. And so they will turn to the CASA report first and foremost from in many instances to get a really good understanding of who this child is, what are their hobbies, what do they like to do, but also what are their most urgent needs and how can they fix them? Wow. You know, so what level of training does Divorces for Children provide the CASA and volunteers? And plus, what is the application process for someone that wants to volunteer? I, I'm, I'm sure our listening audience is thinking about this because uh, this is so important. Yeah. Well, let me first start off by saying there's no specific background or experience that one need to have in order to consider becoming a CASA volunteer. Um, the most important requirement is to have a heart of service and to want to make a difference in the life of the child. We do have the extensive uh, an application process and a background check process. And then the training we provide starts off with our Advocate University, our 35-hour training program. And through that training program, we provide an overview of all of the key topics that ACASA needs to be familiar with. Childhood trauma, what that looks like and what the long-term impact is on a child's physical and mental health development and well-being. We provide an over of the, overview of the child welfare system. We provide information about educational rights. So many of our CASAs will actually hold educational rights for their kids. They're the ones who are going to parent-teacher conferences. They're the ones who are um, negotiating individualized education plans. So we give an overview of education rights. We talk about um, how to write court reports. We take great pride in um, the quality of the work that we provide to the court. And then we address a host of other um, topics, too, how to support the diverse population of kids that we serve, um, how to address um, uh, and support uh, some of the, the medical issues that our kids are, are dealing with. So at the end of our Advocate University training, our CASAs have the foundation um, of the information they need. However, that's just the start. So once a CASA is matched with a child, they actually have the support of an advocacy supervisor. It's a staff person who's employed by Voices for Children. They carry a caseload of um, CASA volunteers, and they are there by the CASA's side to help them navigate some of the most trying of circumstances um, we also have continuing education on a whole host of different topics. So we are there by our CASA's side throughout their entire advocacy to make sure that they they have the support and the access to resources they need to, in turn, help their children. Wow. Uh, can you share a heartwarming story uh, of a CASA and one of the kids that, uh, or youth that they serve? You bet. There are so many. You can only imagine that with, uh, you know, more than 2,000 children that we're advocating on behalf of every day, um, we hear stories. And those stories are different depending on the age group. But 
Um, it, one recent story involved a little girl, I'll call her Malia, I'm not using her real name just to protect the confidentiality um, of the situation, but she entered foster care for the first time when she was two and she was adopted, but that adoption fell through. And so she returned to the foster care system when she was four. She was adopted again, but unfortunately that second adoption also fell through because the foster mother was having some mental health issues and it was not a, a good situation for little Malia. So here's Malia, she's age seven. She's now entering foster care again for the third time. And that's when she was matched with one of our CASAs, CASA Diane. So over the next three years, little Malia lived in 11 different homes. And it was her CASA Diane who was the consistent. CASA Diane was there to visit her at all of her placements, to take her out, to do some of the fun things that all kids deserve. Um, but importantly, Casa Diane made sure that little Malia had continuity of therapy when she was moving to different communities throughout San Diego. She needed to make sure that she still had therapy sessions. So Casa Diane helped to collaborate with our community partners to make that happen. Um, she also ensured that at the different schools that Malia went to, that she had the accommodations she needed in order to support her educational progress. And then when a family entered the picture that was interested in considering uh, the possibility of adopting Malia, Casa Diane developed a relationship with that family. And ultimately, through their relationship and all of the information sharing, that family was ready to make a decision to move forward with the adoption. Um, and so that is just an example of how Casa Diane's um, involvement in Mal little Malia's life has led to Malia having a forever home and having the stability that this little girl so desperately deserves. Wow. That's so extraordinary. And uh, the story that you're telling us, uh, I mean, wow. It makes me want to go out there and <laughs> become a volunteer, I mean, because... Uh, I know how important it is to have a, a role model, have a leader, have a mentor uh, in your life uh, that's going to, first of all, be honest with you, tell you, let me see, you need to do this, you need to do this based on the why. Um, and also, someone that uh, the youth can trust. Mm -hmm. It's all about the trust. And just like we had uh, said earlier prior to uh, coming on the air, I believe that it's always important that we get an understanding that we have to pay it forward. We have to prepare our future generation to be our leaders for tomorrow. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we're going to continue this absolutely fantastic discussion with Kelly Capen Douglas. It's your life. I'm James Cooley, and we'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. 
We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and um, wow, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this. This conversation, I think it needs to be talked across a lot of different spectrums uh, because uh, we need to know. We need to know that we can make a difference in someone's life. And uh, I believe that life is all about service. Uh, it's all about giving. It's all about uh, being able to uh, make yourself available uh, to help out as many, especially these children and these youth that are uh, challenged. And not just that, but all, all youth, I believe, in, or challenge if they don't have the right nourishment. So uh, it's just uh, so uh, wonderful having you on, Kelly. Talking about this, I tell you, it gives me chills because uh, it is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what happened to my... Hey, Kelly, I was asking that the question. You, you said that uh, that you all are in need of voices of children or in need, uh, urgent need for more volunteers who are men, individuals from the black communities, Latino. AAPI, LTBGQ community to advocate children on parts of a diverse community. Uh, can you please discuss and tell us uh, how you guys going to come back in that problem? You bet. Happy to. First of all, let me just start off big picture. So in San Diego County every year, we need to recruit, train, and graduate from our, our Advocate University training program about 250 new CASA volunteers And so um, that is necessary in order to meet the needs of children who are newly entering foster care. We want community members from across our diverse region who have a heart for serving children. We also serve a very diverse population of children. So the children in foster care um, represent all the beauty of of our region. Um, And we would like for our CASAs to also increasingly represent the diversity of the children that we serve. There are some communities that are overrepresented in the foster care system. Um, There are about twice as many Black children percentage-wise in foster care as compared to the general population. 
it, the, the statistic is similar for Native American children. And youth who are in the LGBTQ community also are overrepresented within the foster care system. And so that's one reason why, of many, why it's important for us to reach out to our communities across our region and encourage those from the diverse uh, communities within San Diego and Riverside counties to consider becoming CASAs so that we can continue to provide outstanding advocacy and support to the children we serve. We also have a special need for Spanish-speaking CASA volunteers. So in the course of advocacy, our CASAs will interact with um, biological parents um, and with other family members uh, and service providers, and of course the children themselves, um, often where Spanish is their first language. And so to the extent we can encourage more people with those strong um, Spanish-speaking skills to consider becoming CASAs, that's something that we also are in need for. Of course, our region also represents a host of other languages that are served. Um, and we really appreciate those bilingual capabilities because it really helps to enhance our advocacy. Um, but but it, it's the Spanish-speaking skills where we probably see the most need, and that's why we focus in particular on uh, individuals who uh, have Spanish-speaking bilingual skills. Uh, to so consider so I process. have a quick question, if you don't mind. Um, yes. I would imagine that, that people within the system who are already volunteering, they're a good recruiter because they can share the story of their success. Absolutely. Many of our newest CASAs are CASAs because they have heard about the experience from somebody who is currently a CASA. And so we love um, having our CASAs out, out in the community talking about their experience. We actually have an outreach team of current and former CASAs who will go out and do presentations and talk about their experience and the stories that they share are just incredibly impactful. I'm sure James is going to cover this when he comes back, but if somebody's interested, what are the best ways to get a hold of you? The best way to learn more is to check us out on our website, www.speakupnow.org. There's a tab um, that's really easy to find on the front page that says uh, how, to, how to learn more about volunteering. And so that, that our website will walk you through the process, allow you to sign up for an information session that is held virtually where you can learn more. Um, and so that's the best way to learn more about the volunteer experience. And if somebody were, because I would think it would be a big, I would think I could do this, but maybe I don't have enough to offer. When, I imagine people tell you that when they call. What do you tell them to get them over that? I don't think I could, I, I don't think I have enough to offer here. Mm -hmm. Everybody has something to offer to the children that we are serving. Um, they do need to be willing to spend about 10 to 15 hours a month on their case. That's not just visiting the children. We do ask that our CASAs visit their kids at least once a month, but many of our CASAs visit their kids more often than that because they know that they may be the only one visiting them. Um, we also ask for an 18-month commitment. But beyond that, you know, everybody has a different gift to bring and to offer. And James had asked earlier about how we match uh, children with CASAs. And that's really part of the special sauce. We have amazing team members at Voices for Children who are carefully um, evaluating every child who has newly entered the foster care system 
And then also looking at our newest CASA volunteers or CASAs who have completed one case and are ready to take another one to match some of the interests and personalities and all of that. And I think one of the one of the highest compliments that we regularly get at Voices for Children is um, how amazing our matching team, uh, the great work of our matching team and how they really are able to see those synergies um, in those relationships between CASAs and the children uh, with whom they're assigned. How were you impacted by uh, COVID? Mm. So organizationally, just like every other organization out there, we um, shifted all of our work to a virtual platform. So all of our recruitment activities moved to virtual settings, virtual presentations. All of our training moved to being entirely online by Zoom. Um, And then um, importantly, on the advocacy front, um, with the exception of a couple of periods of time when there was the stay home order, our classes were still visiting their children at their placement sites. Um, And then as soon as we were able to safely allow it, we allowed our CASAs to resume their outings and their in-person hearings. But our work was more relevant than ever during COVID, where children in foster care were more isolated than they had ever been. And for many, it was their CASA who was FaceTiming them and coming to visit them at 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 their home and their placement that was that consistency they need, they needed, and they needed that love and that human connection to know that they mattered through the process. Wow. You know, uh, I apologize. I kind of lost connection for a little bit, but I, I was able to hear everything. And Kevin, thanks so much for picking up the slack. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I tell you, uh, we, we got less than two minutes before the show. What are some of the upcoming uh, events that you guys have uh, that's going to be going on here? You bet. Well, one of our um, signature programs is called the Real Word Program, and we have older and former foster youth who talk about their experiences in foster care and the impact of their CASA. It's a speaker's panel, and one of the silver linings of COVID is Real Word uh, now is offered uh, virtually. And so on June 28th at 6 p.m., we are co-hosting with our friends at the San Diego Padres a Real Word um, program we're going to have four uh, young men who we previously supported who will uh, talk about their experiences in foster care and the impact of their CASA. Um, Mark Loretta, for those of you who are Padres fans, will know about Mark. We're so proud that he previously served as a CASA volunteer. So he's going to join us and talk a little bit about his experience. So that's an upcoming program. It's, it's free. You can register online at www.speakupnow.org. Um, it is free to, and open to the general public. And then, of course, we also have uh, different events where we share our mission, but we also raise crucial funds to make our work possible. 80% of our budget is generated through private philanthropy. So we have our big fundraising event called Starry Starry Night on Thursday, October 20th, 20 this fall. And it's going to be um, held at the Rady Shell at Jacobs Park the extraordinary Bayside venue in downtown San Diego. And there we get to share our mission with the community and raise crucial funds that make our work possible. Real quickly, uh, I think Kevin asked this question, but how can uh, uh, our listening audience uh, get in touch with you to be, uh, learn more about uh, the program that you do and potentially volunteer? Thank you. Check us out on our website, speakupnow.org. You can learn there about how to volunteer. 
And then if you're so inclined to support us with a gift, there's also information there about how you can donate. And then, of course, if you have um, contacts, community groups that might be interested in learning about our work at Voices for Children, we always welcome opportunities to share our work with others. And uh, you can you can uh, reach us also through our website if you'd like to schedule a time for a speaker. Kelly, I want to thank you so much for taking time to come on the James Cooley Show with your wife. And I want to invite you back again because this is so important. And I, we can uh, we can easily pick up part two on it. So, hey, thank, thank you me. so much uh, for, for doing this and all the great things that you all are doing because it's we have to prepare our future leaders of tomorrow. And we have to be the role models and the leaders. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Uh, I, I, I like to thank, uh, you know, Kevin, uh, and stepping up, the, the main man, the producers, and um, most importantly, I think our listening audience for taking time to tune in to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, and we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring great guests like what we have with Kelly right here. And uh, I always got to encourage everybody to dream big, think big, and be big at everything you do. Let's see. It's your life from James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>